Welcome to the Relationship Diversity Podcast, where we celebrate, question, and explore all aspects of relationship structure diversity, from soloamory to monogamy to polyamory and everything in between, because every relationship is as unique as you are. We'll bust through societal programming to break open and dissect everything we thought we knew about relationships, to ask the challenging but transformational questions, who am I and what do I really want in my relationships? I'm your guide, Carrie Jaroslow, best-selling author, speaker, intuitive, and coach. Join me as we reimagine all that our most intimate relationships can become. The year was 1982. I remember waking up from a restful night's sleep with the sound of my mom tapping on the door. It's time to wake up, honey. You need to start walking to school in one hour. Prying my eyes open, I would reach for my glasses and stumble down the four carpeted steps to the main floor in our house. The sting of the cold linoleum floor of that level would quicken my pace to the blue plastic recliner that sat in front of our big family TV. There, my dad would be waiting, having already spread a blanket out to lovingly wrap me up for my 15 minutes of wake-up therapy in the form of a cartoon. Sweet odors of breakfast goodness filled my senses, telling me that my mom was preparing her medicine, nourishing food to energize me for the day. That's the scene that sits in my memory of the first 12 years of my life. And even though there were times that weren't fun, I had three older brothers, but overall I felt secure and safe. That was pre-divorce. Post-divorce, my memories were quite different. Yelling, fighting, and tears. Those images sat with me for a long time. It was such an identity shift that my 13-year-old brain couldn't process how different everything felt and looked. This inability to process and grieve made me pull back from the world as much as I could. When I wasn't in school or doing an after-school activity, I withdrew into my room and lost myself in music. Understandingly, my mom was concerned and encouraged me to see a therapist. She couldn't help me with what I was going through. She was processing her own feelings, as well as learning how to support herself and her children. I wanted nothing to do with it. Adding to all the anger I felt, my hormones were sending me into feelings I wanted to escape from. The last thing I wanted to do was face my feelings and then talk about them. Yuck. Fast forward almost 10 years, and my inability to find and stay in a relationship was torturing me. My mom's words kept ringing in my head. Maybe you should see a therapist. I finally surrendered to the resistance and sought out a traditional talk therapist in New York City. I remember the first time I descended into my therapist's basement office in an Upper West Side brownstone. Funny enough, I don't remember much about the therapist, even if it was a man or a woman. It's crazy how the mind works. But what I do remember is seeing this person at least three or four times. I remember this person asking me questions and nodding when I answered them, encouraging me to say more. I remember saying more and asking their opinion. I remember being answered with more questions. I remember getting frustrated because I didn't understand how they were helping me, 
I was talking and talking and didn't get any help. I remember finally saying to them, what are you doing? How are you helping? You aren't saying anything. You aren't helping me at all. That was the last time I was in that brownstone basement office and when I realized that this kind of therapy didn't resonate with me. After that, I remember trying some kind of somatic therapy where I punched pillows and screamed at the top of my lungs. That felt good and I finally started to feel a little movement. But where I felt really giant leaps was when I began to explore the non-physical worlds of astrology energy, and past lives. The awareness I gained through this communication was big, really big. It resonated more than anything ever had and made sense of the senseless. This is how I met Matthew, my first husband, a psychic healer. My good friend had a friend who knew Matthew, and when I said I wanted to experience a psychic reading, I was given his name and number. I made an appointment for a Friday evening. He lived in Arizona and seemed open and happy to schedule a reading on a weekend night. My body was literally shaking when we started. I had no idea what was what it was going to be like, but also remember feeling a sense of it being something really meaningful. Three hours later, my life was transformed and a bond between he and I was ignited. His reading on the deaths of my stepbrother and another childhood friend were so accurate and uncanny and brought an instant sense of resolution to my entire being. These were perspectives that were only found in the non-physical world. What followed that intuitive reading was a deep dive into it all. I couldn't soak up knowledge fast enough. My healing catapulted and I began to feel better, think clearer, feel lighter, as if a lifetime and maybe multiple lifetimes of weight had been removed. I found my most profound shifts in past life regressions, tarot, Wiccan, prayer, astrology, and felt a deep resonance with books like Conversations with God, You Can Heal Your Life, A Course in Miracles, and Celestine Prophecy. My perspective that I'm more than just a body expanded with me learning Reiki and how to read intuitively, which I learned during my seven-year relationship with Matthew. But it was the work I did after my divorce with an amazing energy healer who first introduced me to Theta Healing that quantum leaped me from heartbreak to heart-opening relationships. This energy healer was a chiropractor, kind of but he was not of this planet. And anyone who knows him says the same thing. He did all sorts of magical things, but the one modality I could land on was Theta Healing, which is a modality created by a woman named Viana Stiebel. After my first experience with him looking into my subconscious, pulling beliefs that didn't serve me and installing new affirming beliefs, my entire world literally looked different. It's kind of like the idea of when I walked into his office, I had certain glasses on and he took them off and gave me an entirely new pair of glasses with which to see the world. Glasses with the filters of I am enough. I am lovable. I am worthy of love changed how I saw myself and how I connected with other people. 
taking off the glasses of it's all my fault, which was a belief that I had adopted about my parents' divorce, allowed me to see that people's choices were not a reaction to me or something I did. Within three months of this life-altering work, I was a different person and my world outside of myself mirrored it. I had conversations with my dad and with men that I never thought possible beforehand. My inner dialogue was permanently changed. Many times I was even at a loss for words. It's like something would happen and my brain would be searching for something familiar in the form of a dysfunctional response, but couldn't find the neuron connection. After I saw such massive shifts in my 3D world, I knew I had to learn more and study theta healing, adding it to the other energetic techniques I had learned from Matthew. It felt like this was the modality that tied it all together for me. And from that moment to this moment, I know I couldn't fully heal without it, without looking at all parts of me, the physical and the non-physical, my body, mind, and spirit, and looking at the energy of all that's involved. And this is what I'm going to talk about today, the energetics of healing. I'm coming out of the closet to you as my intuitive self and sharing how much this contributes to how I see the world, how I interact in the world, and the work I do in the world. I haven't really hidden this aspect to the clients I work with. In fact, it's a very foundational aspect of what I do and the transformations I have the honor of facilitating and witnessing but it may be to you because I have mentioned, I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but I've never really focused an entire episode on it. So if you're wanting to catapult your healing and this resonates with you, keep listening. Most people have heard about the conscious, unconscious, and subconscious parts of our minds. Sigmund Freud first developed his theory about these aspects of the mind in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And it was seen as a pivotal point of human psychology. Now, I'm no expert in psychology, but as an intuitive, here's what I see and feel when I look at the energy of these three minds. First, I see the conscious mind, which has been described as the tip of the iceberg, that 10% of our mind that's visible, that we can easily access. That small part of our total being is what we show to the world and what we allow to be seen by ourselves and others. Now at the deepest level is the unconscious mind. This is where all of our unprocessed memories, repressed traumas, thoughts, deepest fears lie. In between the conscious and the unconscious, I see the subconscious or the underconscious mind that holds a lot of the programming that's accessible and visible to me as an intuitive. This is the area that I can see and where energetic changes occur. And many times when I can help people clear layers of wounded subconscious programming, previously unconscious events and feelings come to the subconscious and conscious surface and are able to be re-examined, reframed, released, and replaced with beliefs of self-worth, self-love, and self-compassion. It's kind of like peeling the layers of an onion to reveal a previously unseen deeper layer. 
our subconscious is so observant. If we're unaware of what stimuli, information, and images we're taking in, we can find ourselves 10 minutes into our day feeling upset for no conscious reason. We can glance at something for a split second and it imprints into our subconscious. This became so clear to me just the other day. I was eating dinner at a restaurant and I noticed our waitress was wearing earrings that I liked. I told her that I liked her earrings and then never thought of them again. The next morning in my dream, two people had those same exact earrings on and they stuck out to me in the dream specifically. When I connected the two images, I was amazed at how the image of those earrings stayed in my subconscious. This belief programming is likened to a computer's hard drive. We see and experience the world with certain programs, also known as beliefs. For example, if we have the belief that we aren't good enough to be loved, then we'll see the world with this program and a neutral behavior from someone else will be viewed through the lens of not good enough. Through energetic reprogramming and with a person's consent, we can delete these programs and install new belief systems in their place. It's also possible to download beliefs that someone may never have had before. For example, if someone has never felt the feeling of belonging, this can be downloaded from universal knowledge or God spirit. This belief work is the core of theta healing and can potentially shift someone's life in a matter of seconds. It works in the energetic, non-physical, which is not tied to time or space. This is why I can have as powerful of a session with someone on the other side of the world as I can with someone in the same room as me. This is one of the quickest and most powerful ways to reprogram the subconscious, but it isn't the only way. Hypnosis, affirmations, past life regressions, these are all ways that I've practiced and experienced belief reprogramming. And I'll link some videos and books to support your exploration. When you begin a hypnosis or affirmation practice, make a commitment to follow through for 45 to 60 days or preferably longer. These forms of belief reprogramming take focus and continual redirection and perseverance. Think about it like this. If you're on a speeding train with your beliefs because you've been operating from them for a majority of your life, but now you're consciously desiring to go in a different direction, you need to slow down the speeding train and then change tracks. This takes time and focus. And I think this is helpful to know as you get into your practice. Many people start a practice like this, then they don't see changes in the world quick enough. They label it as not working, stop their practice, and so many of them are close to the desired outcome. It's kind of like this scenario. I remember being on a hike with my family. My kids wanted to turn around. They were getting tired. I encouraged them to just go a little bit further, and within two minutes, we were at the end. If you feel called to explore this subconscious reprogramming, I encourage you to begin the awareness of what stimuli you're taking in Then stay aware and conscious of it and leave time in your day to sift through things, especially if your mood becomes altered. If I start feeling super anxious or feel 
fearful, and yet I didn't start my day that way, I'll do my best to stop what I'm doing, tune inward, ask what thought, image, or stimuli I might have taken in to shift my mood, and then do something to move the energy. These include things like breath work, yoga, walking, dancing, or meditation, or singing a song, or something to move the energy. Now, you may be wondering why subconscious beliefs are important to look at when exploring diverse relationships. We begin forming our beliefs from the moment we're born. We're shown proper, and I'm doing air quotes around that word, ways of being in relationships or ways our culture or religion say are good and respectable. We have our own unique beliefs given to us by our parents or other adults in our lives. Beliefs like marriage is the only way to be happy. The only reason to date is to find a partner, get married and have kids. You should marry your best friend. Partnerships or marriages are miserable. Intimate relationships are only between two people and they only involve a man and a woman and on and on and on. These ingrained beliefs can keep you from getting to know who you really are and what you really want. So if you get to a point in your life where you want to explore diverse divorce relationship structures or any structure outside of a mononormative structure, you'll most likely come face to face with all the programming that has developed over your lifetime about this, and then the myriad of beliefs that are connected to them. Looking at these beliefs, clearing them if they don't resonate, and installing new beliefs that are more aligned with your truth is an important step in the process of moving to a new way of being. As I learned from my experience healing my relationship wounds, addressing the totality of who we are gets into the nooks and crannies of our psyches. This work acknowledges not only the body and mind, but the non-physical parts of our whole selves. But don't just take my word for it. Go to my website to see the amazing transformations people have had from this work. I'm also going to include links to the Theta Healing website, as well as videos and books to support your exploration in this area. So check out the show notes. Could this be the one thing that's missing from your own exploration to shift your experience once and for all? Keeping an open and curious mind is key. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Relationship Diversity Podcast. Want to learn more about relationship diversity? I've got a free guide I'd love to send you. Go to www.relationshipdiversitypodcast.com to get yours sent right to you. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. You being here and participating in the conversation about relationship diversity is what helps us create a space of inclusivity and acceptance together. The more comfortable and normal it is to acknowledge the vast and varied relating we all do the faster we'll shift to a paradigm of conscious, intentional, and diverse relationships. New episodes are released every Thursday. Stay connected with me through my website, carriejarislow.com, Instagram, or TikTok. Stay curious. Every relationship is as unique as you are.
Are you feeling stuck or unfulfilled in your intimate relationship? Do all your relationships end in the same way? Do you feel like you've lost the spark in your current relationship? Can you never even find one person who you want to explore a relationship with? If you answered yes to any of those questions, are sick and tired of feeling like a failure in your relationships, and desperately desire a different experience, then my eight-week deep reprogramming intensive may be the answer for you. In this program, I work individually with you for eight transformative weeks. We'll identify the subconscious programming that's keeping you stuck and shift it to a new affirming belief systems. We go deep, we get real, we get results. This is healing unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Here's what people are saying. Jordan from North Carolina said, more has shifted in eight weeks of working with Carrie than 10 years of psychotherapy. Jane from Sanford, North Carolina said, it's honestly changed my life. And Cassie from Santa Barbara, California said, Carrie's laser precision in helping me diagnose where the stuck energy was helped me make positive movement in our first session alone. Absolutely transformational. I love being a guide and witness to these courageous people who claim that they were done with their past experiences and ready for something different. I'm opening a limited number of spots for 2023 and would love to help you permanently transform your relationship experience. To set up a free 30-minute clarity call where I'll help you uncover your number one block to fulfilling relationships, connect with me through the link in the show notes. You are worthy of experiencing deep fulfillment and love in your relationships. This intensive work will help you get there.